1: Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals.
2: What up, world? This is your Fast First Point Card and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. you listen to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't. Thanks so much for making Locked on Blazers your first listen every day. Make it part of your daily routine. It's free on all platforms, five days a week, the only daily Trailblazers podcast. So you know listen to it tell your friends to do the same in today's show we're going to talk about a pair of Blazers games over the weekend a win on Friday in Houston and a loss on Sunday in Chicago want to talk a little about zone defense we saw a lot of it from the Blazers and I want to share some insights that Chauncey Billups shared with me and then finally we'll close the show talking about Trenton Watford he looked really good against the Chicago Bulls legitimately very good we will celebrate an undrafted two-way guy to close the show first Let's do a modified fastest recap of the West. Blazers beat the Houston Rockets on Friday evening, one twenty-five, one ten. They got twenty-seven and six from Amphrey Simons, who was really good. Twenty-five and five from CJ McCollum, and twenty-five and thirteen from Yusuf Nurkic. If those three dudes combine for seventy-five, uh, they can buy for seventy-seven. If you're scoring at home, that's magic number here in Blazerland. Um, you're gonna win a lot of games. Like that's. That's a safe bet for the formula, but um, for me, this Rockets game bled into what happened on Sunday in Chicago. So, Blazers, you know, the Rockets are bad. They're, they're a team kind of like, de- they're a developing team. Uh, you know, they're not, they're young and inexperienced intentionally, right? Like, they're... Um, that's what they're doing. They're they're in the middle of a, of a multi-year rebuild, and they're playing young guys to get them some burn, right? Um, so the, you know that's a bad team. The Blazers should have won. They were up thirteen, up eight, led by as many as eighteen in the first half, and led by thirteen at the break. Like the Blazers, are just better than that group. That was a better basketball team. But the, but Portland kind of. Uh, just had a sleepy third quarter, like they just they just didn't they had a chance to put the game away, instead it was a six point game heading into the fourth and the Blazers had to, you know, keep their starters in to late into the game and kind of finish them off, and you finish them off with like a really fun dunk where Nurk crams on Jay Sean Tate's head, if you haven't seen the uh, replay it's all over Trailblazers social medias uh, Anthony Simons draws the defense, finds Nurk in the baseline, he dunks and one, kind of ices the game when the Rockets were in, were in scramble mode, but I think that sleepy third quarter from, you know what was a double digit lead to a single digit lead bled into what happened on Sunday in Chicago the Blazers played a day game in Chicago and they lose 131 16 so after opening a four game road trip with a win in Houston they are now one and one after a loss to the Chicago Bulls um Portland was was you know this was a really high scoring off offensive forward um you know just like a shootout in the first quarter Blazers led 35 29 and and neither not much resistance either way. And the Blazers were just acing shots. Like they were just, they were red hot um, and they stayed relatively hot. I mean, I I believe they made nine of their first uh, 19 threes. Like they were, they were really filling up and, you know, had, or excuse me, 10 of the first 19 threes, like they made 10 threes in the first half. That should put you in a good spot. But that kind of sleepy third quarter led over to the whole first half in Chicago. Um, you know, that, the game against Houston the Blazers were just straight up better than the Rockets and they were able to rely on their offense to kind of pull them out of the mess right it was like this team stinks we've we're an incredible incredibly gifted offensive group with with Ant and CJ and Norm and Nurk um and Roko when he gets it going Rocco, Rocco basically one important three against the Rockets um it's, you know, they they kind of just that was the mode they were in. Okay, we can we can outscore people and that carried over against Chicago. Now Chicago's shorthanded. No um, you know, they don't have Alex Crusoe, They don't have Lonzo Ball. They're missing Derek Jones Jr., but um, you know, Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan are all-stars. Um, Zach Levine is quietly having a better year than DeMar DeRozan, but don't tell the world that. Um, Nikola Vucevic is really good. Like this is th- even even down some players. Um, that Chicago team's good. And the Blazers give up 44 points in the second quarter on Sunday, a season high by opponent against the Blazers this season. And that sort of set the tone. Like the, 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 the Blazers had been so good on offense and they were so good on offense. And then they find themselves trailing, you know, it's like, Oh, we're down eight. We've made 10 threes and we're down eight heading into the heading into halftime. You're just not gonna continue to shoot it at that clip. They still shot incredibly well, finished over fifty percent from the floor and and uh hit eighteen of of thirty nine threes, which is forty six percent. Like league average is around thirty five. They absolutely burned down the nets in this one, and that included four full minutes of garbage time. Like I'm I'm looking at the ESPN box score as I do this not not clean the glass, so there's no filtered um no filtered garbage time there. But like I think that the sleepy way they handled the Rockets carried into this game against against the Bulls. And while you got a really nice night from CJ, 29 on on three of, or 13 of 23, you got another nice night from Ant, who didn't shoot incredibly well from two, but hit five of 10 threes and finished with 21 points and six boards. Norman Powell, incredibly hot to begin this game, hit his first five threes and finished with 22 points. Um, You know, you got an, you got Cove to make shots. He hit three threes. Um, it's like, you the Blazers just didn't play defense in the first half. They did not play defense. They gave up straight line drives. They weren't physical. Um, it, it wasn't even like scheme stuff. This was like the ball is in front of you, and then the guy has an un un sort of uncontested path to the rim. DeMar DeRozan a couple of times just got stri- you know from 19 feet where he likes to catch and operate, gets straight to the rim from there. Vucevic really f- uh, filled in all the cracks really well, and Zach Levine a couple of times in transition with very little resistance finished uh, finished and was dominant. The Bulls shot 55% in this game um and again, there's 4 minutes of gar- 4 minutes of garbage time. They kept their starters in a little bit longer. Um this was, you know, the Blazers the Bulls are good. Like the Bulls are even even this version of the Bulls are good and and the Bulls have struggled a little bit on defense um at, since losing their good defenders. You lose Caruso and Lonzo Ball, two very 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 good defenders. You're going to be a little bit worse. Um <laughs> with all due respect to Javante Green and and Iowa Desumu, like those are steps down, even though I think Ios is a pretty good defensive player for for his, um, for being a second round rookie, and I I just think the intensity that didn't show up in Houston carried over to Chicago, and when you bring that lack of intensity to a. A much better team, like a, a a playoff level team, even missing some parts, like a team that could conceivably—I don't think they're a championship level team. I'll just put it, my cards on the table. But a, a Chicago's good. Like they're they're legitimately one of the good teams. And you don't bring that intensity, you find yourself scrambling. Um, and the you know the Blazers score 116 points in a game that they weren't particularly competitive in late. Um, this was just a game where they didn't play enough defense to win. They didn't play enough defense to be competitive. I think that's I think that's about as simple as it gets. Um, and I think it really started Friday in in uh, in uh, Houston. I think what you saw against Chicago was started Friday in Houston. That's what this weekend was for me. So the Blazers didn't bring the sort of physicality and defensive intensity against a bad team. They didn't bring the defensive intensity or physicality against a good team. Good team sent them home with an L. If you're rooting for losses they did it um and their offense still looks really good cuz they've got a bunch of good offensive players that five man group the five man starting group of Ant CJ Norm Rocco and Nurk like small um and not you know not um super pass happy but scorers all over that court um you know if if rocco is your worst scorer and he's pushing up towards 40% over the last 6 weeks from 3 like that's a good offensive team and that's what the Blazers are, but they didn't have it on defense and they didn't bring it. They just didn't bring it on defense. They did not. There was, um, there was no urgency, no physicality, no, just like sense of, uh, you know, sort of ratching up to the level of competition. Um, I'm calling it a hangover from Houston, but it was just even on its own, like t- shout out to Neil Olshay in a vacuum. Uh, this was just a bad defensive effort against Chicago and the Blazers, you know, they got what they paid for. Um, Vucevic goes 11 of 15, DeMar DeRozan 9 of 13, if those dudes go 20 of 28 and combine for 47, good luck, you know, and then Kobe White comes off the bench and hits some threes, you get, you know, uh, Zach Levine peppering in, like I said, some transition buckets, Javante Green, although he airballed one of the ugliest (laughs) airballs I've ever seen an NBA player shoot, um, still hit a couple corner threes, unguarded against the Blazers zone, and that's that. That's what I want to talk about, though. In the second segment, is the zone. Um, we've seen more of it, and last week I asked Chauncey Billups about playing zone, why the Blazers are still doing it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the Blazers' defense has a big a sort of talking point all year long, and I want to spend a couple minutes talking about specifically zone defense and what the Blazers are trying to do and why they've stuck with it. Before we do that in the second segment, though, let me tell you about Bill Bar, the best tasting protein bar that there is. That's it. That's the trick. Delicious protein bars. My personal favorites, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, but there's always going to be flavors that you like. If that doesn't sound good to you, check built.com. They got all types of flavors and new limited time flavors all the time. So they're rotating in new ones. Find out what you like. Go buy more from there. Regardless of what you like, you're you're going to find bars that pack a punch. The average bar has 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and five grams of sugar. It's a pretty good deal for no more than five grams of net carbs. All tasty, all healthy. Go get yourself some. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com.
3: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs.
2: So we talked about the Blazers' win on Friday and loss on Sunday. They begin a uh, four-game road trip, one and one. If you uh, if you listen to the shows last week, I said two and two is about what you expect because the Blazers play some bad teams. They played beat a bad team Houston, in Houston, lost to a good team in Chicago. They play a bad team on Monday night, second night of a back-to-back against OKC. We'll talk about more of that at the end of the show. But we we'll want to spend some time here discussing is the Blazers' defense against the Chicago Bulls. They played a ton of zone and couple reasons why they played a ton of zone one um I think the Blazers against uh particularly Javante Green and Io DeSomu on the court to begin the game the Blazers were and because DeMar DeRozan isn't a great three-point shooter and just like a low volume three-point shooter um they want they were going to show some zone because they thought it would help them uh deal with what the Bulls want to do on defense two the Blazers play zone, and they call fist. You'll see Roy Rogers stand up and say fist, 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 and hold up his fist. Roy Rogers is like six six ten. He's he's big, um, and he's the Blazers assistant coach that's in ch- charge of defense. If you watch closely on the broadcast, he pops up off the bench for defensive possessions and sits back down. Sometimes exasperated, sometimes very excited. He's um he's uh he puts a lot into it. That's he's fun to watch. Um, but he'll hold up his fist on 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 for zone. That's fist, fist, fist. That's the call. That's that's what they they echo the call from the bench and they echo back. They will get in their zone. Um, the Blazers typically play zone off of makes, and in the first half, they had a lot of points. They scored sixty-five, and we're still losing. Uh, that's what happens when you give up seventy-three. But they scored sixty-five points, like they were they were coming back and defending off makes a bunch. So they played a ton of zone. So I thought today is a good time to sort of talk about that zone. Um, I've been really curious about this all year because early in the season, the Blazers played like zones on, they'd play zone out of, out of timeouts often, or because, you know, a coach draws something up. Here's our ATO. And the Blazers would throw up a zone in there as a changeup. And that's pretty common. Uh, It's, it happens across the league it's a relatively typical move if you're going to go zone like to, to come out of a zone to come out of a timeout in a zone just to give them a look maybe that the the coach specifically wasn't drawing up for but the blazers have stuck with the zone and and played it more and more throughout the season but early in the year they sucked at it like they were so bad and i talked about about this a little bit with um Lamar heard when he was on the podcast last week is like they were getting like middle school basketball buckets out of against them in the zone, like just like send another guy to the to the side, overload the side, put four guys on the same side as the ball. The blazers would not be organized enough and they would give up a wide open three or they'd be worried about the wide open three because they'd leave someone on guard in the corner and they'd give up a dunk um They were just really bad at it. Like, just, I mean, they weren't very, as when I was talking to Chauncey Billups about it, I was like, you guys weren't very good at it in November. He says, we weren't very good at a lot of things in November. And, point taken, coach. Um, (laughs) Indeed, the Blazers were bad at that point. Um, But they've really turned it around. And part of that turnaround has been being sharper and smarter in the zone. Um, In the NBA, you have to play... Uh, a matchup zone. You can't really like at lower levels of basketball. You can guard space. You can say like, okay, I've got the corner and the and the baseline and the backside. You can't really do that in the NBA. Um, you can a little bit, but like if you are not matched up with a man in your zone in in at this level of basketball, you are giving up a bucket most times. Like you just gotta find you 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 have to find someone in your area match up and then pass off. Like if you don't pass off to your teammates and say, Hey, I'm responsible here. You're responsible there and have the zone kind of shrink to where folks are. Um, you're not playing defense. You're just standing around waiting for someone to get off a shot and they may or may not miss it or may or may not make it right. Like, or miss it. Um, but in general, you need to match up. You need to play a matchup zone. Um, the Blazers have gotten much better at finding that matchup. Um, I think a lot of it is the zone helps Yusuf Nurkic because it's the version of the Blazers defense where Nurk plays drop and hangs out in the paint. He can be really dominant, just kind of stepping at the, at the standing at basically the nail standing just at the middle of the foul line and, and kind of being clogging the paint being gigantic. Um, He's got great hands and good defensive instincts and he's huge the entire time. Seven feet, 300 pounds. Um, He's, it, it. It really, if the Blazers, the rest of the Blazers are connected, it complements what Nurk does well, and it's a nice changeup from having Nurk chase on pick and rolls twenty-five feet from the rim. I had, I think, the zone has um has really come a long way. The Blazers are better at communicating in the zone. They're better at matching up in the zone. They're better at just finding who they want to guard and and you know staying connected and keeping guys in front and keeping penetration out of the paint and like giving up tougher jump shots. Um there's they're not like this elite zone team. This is not a Eric's Bolster Heat thing where you're like this is a championship level zone or the 2011 Mavericks or whatever. This was a team that was really bad at it that made some strides. I think we've seen them make some strides and I've I've um I want to just sort of note where they've come from. But what I asked Chauncey was like why did you stick with it? <laughs> why do this? You know, like when it, when it really wasn't working and this was the worst defensive team in the league, um, why still do this? Some of it is because like, this is his first year and this is what he believes the style should be. And so like, let's get it together. Uh, And also once the team starts scuffling, it's like, well, I believe in the system. Let's, there's more reason to lean into it if we're going to like, if we're not chasing the playoffs, like there's more, if you're getting sort of, if you're desperate for wins, it's more important that you change things up when the season kind of shifted. And, you know, Damon Lowe has not played in 2022. It makes more sense. Now here at the end of January to kind of lean into what, what the plan is. Um, I don't fault Sean bills for that by any means. um, And it, it, the logic follows. But the reason that when I asked him about it, um, he mentioned a couple things. One is that, uh it was a really important change up for uh the clippers last year and billups's you know lone year of coaching experience is being an assistant on the clippers and that clippers team made the western conference finals the best clippers team of all time um you know he played into some high leverage basketball games at, on the bench and Part of that reason was the Clippers' ability to play multiple defenses. And that's what really what Chauncey said, is that it was such a valuable change-up to do in the uh, first round against the Dallas Mavericks, and then in the second round against the Utah Jazz. Both of those teams, when the Clippers would go to zone, would, it would be enough of a change-up, enough of a different look to make it hard on them, and force guys to say, if you're really connected in the zone, like you're going to have to beat people off the dribble. You're just going to have to beat people off the dribble because we're all going to be loaded up. And the way the zone works is the help help defense is built in. You've got to beat your man one-on-one to make it happen. And, and, and that's what Bill said is that his, the, he liked the look of it in LA and then seeing it be so effective in the playoffs and high, you know, high leverage games for, for the Clippers. He said, we have to have that in the bag. And I think this is really important. I think one of the criticisms of the previous coaching staff was that they had one way of playing defense and, they briefly tried something new last year, immediately scrapped it, basically before the games even started. Uh, rarely, rarely played zone. They defended, the, they defended every team the same way. And one thing I'll say about Billups is mixing in the zone and with, with his uh, very aggressive blitzing style of pick and roll, at least shows the team's multiple looks. Now, the Blazers have taken, they've really taken strides there. They've gotten a lot better. The zone is more connected. They communicate better. It's just in general, better. they've, sh- they've shown themselves to be a better defensive team and the zone has been a big part of them improving on defense is that they look just so much more competent in it like I said I think it complements what Nurk does well and the change of pace stuff is valuable being able to defend teams multiple ways having more things on the tool belt is just makes you a better team I like that that said, against Chicago on Sunday, they got shredded in the zone because they couldn't stop dribble penetration and the Bulls moved the ball around really well and found gaps. And because Nikola Vucevic can, um, can post up, can shoot from mid-range and can shoot threes, him as sort of this uh, mis- mis- matchup issue torched the Blazers in the zone. I thought uh, Io DeSomu was really good at uh, penetrating and kicking off the zone. I thought the Bulls moved the ball well off of those kickouts. Um, I thought they crushed the Blazers with some just like, I'm going to go to the rim in the first half stuff, but that's neither here nor there. But But I think the problems with the Blazers zone showed back up in Chicago, which is not super connected. And if you're not keeping the ball in front of you, you're you're kind of already committed to overhelping with the zone. Like you're, you're pre-rotated. And so then the, the far side of the court, just a skip pass is a wide open jump shot or it's, or it's a skip pass to a quick closeout. And then you're giving up a dunk on the other end or a drive on, on the other ends. Um, I like the zone. I want to see the Blazers stick with it. The, the coaching staff wants to stick with it because they believe it's an important part of a high level um, competitive team. I'm all in favor of the Blazers having multiple ways to guard teams. I, I like that. Um, but I just, Chicago, the game in Chicago just really reminded me of, uh, it was a little TBT to prior to Christmas when the Blazers were a bad zone team. And I thought it showed up tonight and some of it showed up tonight just, or this afternoon, rather it's tonight. Now I'm recording this on Sunday evening. Um, I showed up this afternoon just lack of intensity. You I know, mean, it's just sometimes you. You need to. There is a requisite level of effort required to be a good defensive team. The Blazers didn't bring that into Chicago, um, and then if you don't bring the effort, all of your other little warts and physical limitations show up, and that's what happens. That's how you give up, you know, a hundred points through the first three quarters and find yourselves uh, scoring 116 and not being competitive in a game. But let's see the zone some more. It's been it's been good. Let's see it. The Blazers have grown with it. Chicago was a step back, but um, they've got plenty of times to step forward, including Monday's game against OKC. It wasn't all bad, though, against the Bulls. In fact, Trendon Watford had maybe his best game as a pro, and I want to talk about my man Trendon to close the show. So join me in the third segment. We'll talk all about the Blazers' undrafted two-way stud.
3: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league— Helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: Still a pass, first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listen to Locked On Blazers. Talked about the Blazers two games of the weekend. We talked about a lot about the Blazers own defense, the elements of it, where I've seen it grown, and why I think uh, the coaching staff, why the coaching staff has stuck with it. But what I want to do to close the show is talk about Trendon Watford. Trendon, ten points, two assists, two boards, three blocks, five of six shooting in twenty-two minutes. Played pretty darn well. He looked good. Uh, if you were a regular listener to this podcast, uh, you will know that I'm a Watford believer. I'm a trended Watford believer. I think um, while he's not maybe like a high-level NBA rotation player right now, I think he shows little flashes of stuff that you say, okay, this guy gets it. And for someone who was undrafted, someone who was you know did not hear his name called on draft night and then immediately signed a two-way deal with the Blazers, um, you know on on to be part of uh you know to be part of the team but not on an nba deal um it's like the little indicators show you promise now the blazers could have at any point made him <laughs> given him a full nba contract um and and maybe they will in the future like uh, typically what happens with two way guys when they get their contract converted is it'll be a 1 plus 1 it'll be an nba guarantee for the minimum for the remainder of the season and a non-guarantee or a partial guarantee for the next year um the blazers their their money situation is a little bit strange so it won't happen until after the trade deadline and once they know what they once they know where their tax bill is right like they're three million above the tax line they desperately are committed to being under the tax line and not being a luxury tax team this year because they're very likely to be a luxury tax team in the future blah 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 blah, and Trina Watford's cheap right now. They're going to keep him cheap. Uh, Kind of getting in the weeds on contract stuff, but that's why he's still a two-way guy. Um, However, for a two-way guy, Trina Watford showed a bunch of promise, and I think on Sunday against the Bulls, you saw all of that promise come, you know, show up. He blocked three shots. All three of them, or two of them, were against an NBA center. Uh, Tony Bradley is, you know, kind of like a low-level backup, uh, despite just a wonderful education in the eight months he spent in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. But, like, he's, you know, this is... He's not, he's not blocking Joel Embiid or whatever. But he, you know, there was a drive to the rim where Tony Bradley tried to finish with its strong hand and Watford smacked it off the glass. There was a little, like, looping um, baseline move that, that uh, Bradley tried late clock and Watford just... Basically, grab the ball out of his hand. Hell nah. And then he he blocked Matt Thomas on a baseline jump shot, like on a 17 foot jumper. That's pretty good defense. Even if you don't, um, you know, even if those aren't blocks, like to contest a 17 footer to the point where you might block it, is good defense. He uh, even had a foul call on him against uh, Demar Derozan, um, where he tried as best as he possibly could to stay down on DeMar DeRozan pump fake, something that literally no one in the league could do. And DeMar got him just enough leaning that he drew a foul. Um, It it was, it was, what you want to see right this is process over results he didn't jump he didn't bite he stayed with it and contested and but he leaned too far in and leaned too far in you get the foul call I think those defensive instincts are some of the things I, I really like about Trenton Walford. but in this game unlike other games he scored like he ha- he was 506 from the floor um this is one off his career high of 11 that came against the Orlando magic about a month ago, but this was a him playing, you know, as, uh, basically the Blazers sixth man played the most minutes off the bench of anyone. Ben McMorris is more like the sixth man, but like he's a regular part of the rotation. He's their everyday backup center. Um, and will be until Larry Nance returns. Larry Nance has reportedly ramped up his conditioning, but he is still out indefinitely with no timeline, but he is slowly ramping back up. So I guess there's, there's some hope that, uh, Larry Nance will, will return at some point, and then Watford's still going to play, but he will play four, not five, off the bench, uh, most likely. So the offense stuff, though, is... M- you see it less with Watford just because he's not much of a shooter. Um, But I thought the offense, much like the defense showed some of his promise in this game Uh, of his five buckets. Three of them were little floaters out of pick and roll where he sets a screen and pick and roll and kind of slow rolls. Um, He doesn't, he's not a crasher, right? Because he's undersized and he's not like a crazy leaper. He's physical and smart and understands angles. And he uses that on pick and rolls. Um, You know, he's not an above the rim threat. The Blazers don't really have that. They don't have a big lob guy. Um, I, I mean, Nas is, but he doesn't set screens. He's like a three. Um, he's settled into being more of a, of a, of a three and a great offensive crasher. He's not a roller on pick and rolls. The Blazers don't really have that, but Watford shows his sort of smarts as a pick and roll guy. And three of those little pick and roll floaters is like, um, he, he a couple with uh, a couple CJ and one with Dan Smith Jr. Kind of the same idea. Um, where he comes off a screen, uh, couple, two of them, he made really solid contact on the screen. The other one, he kind of was kind of a more of a ghost screen, um, which it happens in the league. This, it, some some guys, Yusuf Nurkic, set really hard screens. Much of the league, including Nurk, sometimes don't really make contact on screens. But in any case, open up, roll. And as the ball kind of gets below, uh, below Watford, closer to the rim, Trendon did the right thing and kind of timed his roll. So he could get, make that catch after the defense had already sunk in, and he had a little bit of space. And all three of those little floaters are like f- fourteen to, between fourteen and eight feet. Nice little touch shots. He hits off the he hits off the rim like. F- gets to the soft spot against the defense where no one's there and makes a little floater, doesn't try to do too much, doesn't get all the way to the paint or doesn't get all the way to the cup and, like, try to dunk or demand that it's a layup, like, makes floaters. Those are hard shots, but for a guy who's playing, you know, undersized at the five, that's a smart shot, and he showed that he could hit it. Um, the other bucket that he had was um, just a random cut. It was a drive to the rim by CJ, and Watford just saw that there could be a random cut. He made a, made a random cut and a cut— caught a pass where he was again in that floater range. He kind of bobbled the pass, but instead of freaking out, he realized that he had DeMar DeRozan on him. He gave, he put DeRozan in the post up and then went to a little jump hook. Uh, the DeRozan absolutely was not expecting and didn't contest and, uh, DeMar like kind of put his head down, but that that's the offensive instincts I like about Watford. You know, um, the, reading just a random cut, not a, not part of the play, certainly not in the playbook, just like a, okay, CJ's getting into space and has a live dribble. I'm going to cut into the middle of the paint to make myself available. Uh, and, and, and it works. Um, and then his last bucket was the thing that Chauncey Billups told me he likes best about Trina Watford. I asked a Billups, this is like a month ago now, uh, a couple of weeks ago now, uh, I asked Billups, you know, what do you, what do you like about Trina Watford? Um, Cause Trent, as a Trent Watford, <laughs> Uh, believer, I am obligated to ask Chauncey Billups about him. And he said, I thought he was going to talk about defense, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I really love his ability to grab and go. So like grab off, grab a defensive rebound and push the other way with his ball handling and his decision making and his passing. Watford is a good decision maker on short pick and rolls. Like he makes, he makes good decisions. It's not like this high level, crazy Nikola Jokic passer, but just like stop, survey, make the pass quickly. Like he, he processes it quickly and the grab and go stuff where he grabs the ball and can handle a little bit, push the other way, um, puts, adds a nice element for like the, the guy who's basically going to be playing five for the Blazers. And, and on this, on that particular possession, what uh, it's like garbage time to be sure, but he grabs a, grabs a rebound, pushes in transition, goes right at, uh, Vucevic's, uh, right shoulder. And Vucevic kind of tries to cut him off in, he does a, Watford stops, pivots, makes a little uh, bunny jump hook on the turnaround, just showing his skills, showing his confidence, and in garbage time, a perfect time to grow your skills. So props to Trent Watford, who looked really good in this game. You know, ten and three in twenty-two minutes, ten and three blocks in twenty-two minutes and a loss is like um This, you know, we're not raising the banner or talking about all rookie teams or blah, 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 or or calling, or even, quite frankly, calling Trenton Watford an everyday player on most NBA teams. But he's showing promise. And he's showing that he can play in this league. And I think you see those little moments. And I think we've seen little flashes where his IQ on both ends and his understanding of spacing and timing on both ends shows up. But I think against the Bulls, you really saw him put it all together. And when the ball goes in, it just feels better. So props to Trendon for making five shots in an NBA game. He's taking steps in the right direction. And the Blazers season, which is at this point, all about the future and development, seeing a young guy like Trenton Watford put together a nice offensive game and a nice defensive game and put it all, you know, put the pieces together even if it was kind of quiet and behind the scenes is intriguing and fun. So, um... Yeah, props to Trendon. This was a nice game. Let's hope he continues to build on it. Blazers play OKC on Monday. Uh, We'll have a show after that one. Then they have a couple days off before, or a day off before they play the uh, LA Lakers to close out this trip. Uh, TBD on LeBron James' availability against the Lakers. Uh, No Shea Gilgis-Alexander against OKC. He has a twisted ankle and has already been ruled out. So the Blazers are playing a bad team without their best player on Monday. That's a game you should win. Um we'll see what we'll see what happens and we'll certainly have a show after that we'll also do a mailbag this week uh, we have got a couple interviews lined up uh jason quick and one other one that i'm not going to tease right now but once i get it confirmed i'll tease it on tomorrow's show i promise so come back tell your friends make this your first listen every day it's free on all platforms five days a week the only daily trailblazers podcast just search lockdown blazers We'll be right there waiting for you you can tell your friends to search lockdown blazers wherever they're looking for us we'll be right there waiting for them too appreciate listening talk to you soon